Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Sharp Lessons Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. It's Ben Wittenstein. It's Nate Jacobson, the professor. We're back, and we are getting ready for the final weekend in the NFL, the NCAA National Championship, and everything in between. Yeah, uh, NFL Week 18 is here. Uh, some kind of odd circumstances this week. I'm sure everyone knows what happened during the Bills-Bengals game on Monday night and how that was suspended, and prayers go out to DeMar Hamlin. It sounds on at least Thursday afternoon there's some encouraging news about him, which is great to hear. Uh, but because of that, it definitely impacts a lot of the betting. So we'll talk about – I don't know how much we're going to talk about it because that might be out of date by the time you listen to it. But we will talk about games where there's more kind of clarity um, and avoid games involving the Bengals and, and the Bills and even the Chiefs who have a lot at stake in terms of playoff seeding and what the NFL ends up deciding to do. So we'll kind of talk about the NFL but not directly talk about that. And then – to start the show, we'll preview Monday night's college football playoff national championship game. And yeah. if you want, we could talk a little bit about the semifinal and, and our experiences betting that and, and watching that on Saturday night. Yeah, well, that was a ride. I don't want to spend, obviously, a ton of time on it, but it was a ride for sure. And especially since it happened on New Year's Eve, it was a lot of fun to watch that while, you know, you're sitting at home, hanging out with family, friends, and, and just kind of enjoying the night. But, man, I bet Michigan's second half. I was glad I bet them second half and not the full game because – that first half, it was even worse for Michigan than I expected it to be. And so I'm glad that we I was able to get Michigan second half minus four because at halftime I think I saw minus seven and a half or something like that, and they were able to cover fully. I think they won the second half by nine. It was 39-30, to 30, I believe, in the second half, which yep. is an insane amount of scoring. Yeah, they, was, uh, they were down 15 at halftime. They got that long field goal to end the half to cut it from 18 to 15, and then the live lines that were posted at halftime were – Anywhere Michigan plus seven and a half, plus seven, plus six and a half. They lose by six, so they covered pretty much every second half number. Although if you did jump on the minus four second half before the game, you would have definitely got a, a much better number than what they were offering halftime in the middle of the game or at halftime of that game. So that came home. And then Ohio State, a team that I, I think I, t- I definitely bet plus seven and talked yep. about plus seven. I don't know. I think I talked about betting on plus 360 to win the title um, maybe a day before we recorded the podcast, and I was feeling pretty good um, at halftime in the third quarter, and then just everything – I wouldn't say everything went wrong for Ohio State, but everything went right for Georgia in terms of Marvin Harrison getting injured, the timeout on the fake punt, Yep. Uh, Brock Bowers getting that first down on that fourth and fourth down to extend a drive. They only ended up getting a field goal. Um, the block punt or the fake punt that didn't happen because a timeout was called by Kirby Smart, which was an incredible timeout, but also an incredible play call and decision by Ohio State. I think on the next Georgia possession, they a guy on Ohio State slips. They score a touchdown. Yep. 
And just not having Marvin Harrison as a, as a threat in the fourth quarter, I think, hurt Ohio State's offense, who's already out. Travion Henderson and uh, Jackson Smith the Jigba pretty much the, the latter part of the season. So one too many players were out for Ohio State, who I thought played really well and kind of lived up to what I was expecting of them, of a team that just had one bad game against Michigan and everyone wanted to jump ship on them, but on their day can compete with anyone in the country, including Georgia, as C.J. Stroud had a incredible game that's going to go a long way for his draft stock in uh, April's draft. So it didn't work out in terms of Ohio State to win at all. I thought it was a, a solid bet, and I'm, I'm happy they covered, though, to pretty much break even in terms of the Buckeyes uh, on a Saturday. So let's talk about this national championship game, Nate, because we have a, a very interesting line. We had a little bit of interesting line movements as well. Right now it stands at TCU minus 12.5. We've got the total at 63. This opened at 13.5, and, and people saw that. They said, all right, TCU shouldn't be uh, an underdog by 13.5, so they bet that down to 12.5. I don't know how much you expect it to go down even more, but I'm uh, I'm certainly torn at a line like this because I can really – I've been going back and forth in my head all week about, you know, TCU. Got lucky. Two pick sixes from Michigan. That's how they won that game. If they don't get two pick sixes, they don't win that game, and it's a very long odds that they're going to be able to get at least two pick sixes against Georgia. For sure. So you see something like that, and you think, well, Georgia should probably blow this team out. But on the other side, the Bulldogs struggle to cover sometimes, especially in, in some interesting situations. TCU showed that they can beat a pretty good defense in Michigan. So there's, I can see a reason to want to bet TCU, especially as long as they're double-digit underdogs. Yeah, money's come on TCU, as you mentioned. Um, and something else worth noting, after we, we signed off on, I believe, Thursday, uh, money came in on Ohio State Friday from mm-hmm. six, plus six and a half to plus six. And then Saturday morning from plus six to, I think we were texting, and as low as four and a half at some of us. Got four and a half, got to five, and, and I'm really, I really wanted to hit yeah, Georgia at minus me if, five. If you get to minus five, and I'm like, well, I, I think Ohio State has a shot to win, so I'm not going to you know, not gonna sway my opinion. But it is worth noting. I, I don't think that was really anti-Georgia money. I think it was more pro-Ohio State money, mm-hmm. just kind of correcting what the numbers should have been. Uh, but, yeah, as you mentioned, TCU is taking the early money. And now he's kind of a decision, how far is it going to go? Because I have no interest in betting on TCU in this game. You mentioned no. the pick sixes. You also have to factor in Michigan gets down first and goal, first possession. They run a trick play on fourth down, doesn't work. Um, then later in the first half, the the play, the pass play that was called a touchdown, and then they ruled him down at the half-yard line, and then they fumble on the fullback. Yep. Um, the dive play that they ran, which – also, I think was questionable. Uh, so literally everything went TCU's way, but also everything went Georgia's way. However, I respect Ohio State a lot in terms of talent and upside where, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to knock Georgia for not playing maybe their best game. I think they really could turn up in a game like this, and and TCU kind of won't have those fortunate breaks that they had against Michigan. So I think you're right. My decision is basically do I bet Georgia – at a number that might be driven down by recency bias and if it gets to like an 11 do i bet it then i think i'm just going to kind of wait till game day see where this number goes and if i have to bet georgia at like minus 11 minus 10 and a half even a minus 10 i will do so i have my doubts they'll get there and if it gets like 11 and a half people will buy back on georgia and maybe some of the some of the people who are betting ohio state big will come in on georgia and lay it just because they don't really believe in tcu and have an all year so 
Uh, I think that's where I'm at in this game, not dying to bet this game at the current numbers. I was thinking under at first yeah. just because of like an overreaction of how high-scoring those semifinal games were. Yep. But the more I think about it, uh, I don't know if I want to go I don't under. love a total. Yeah, yeah I don't I, like that would be a tough one to bet. Like I definitely like Georgia's defense is great, but Ohio State exposed their secondary a little bit, and I feel like Max Duggan and Quinn Johnson could do that and kind of at least keep the game competitive and go score for score of Georgia because Georgia's offense is much better than I or they have a they have definitely a more ability to score points than last year's unit. Um, last year's Georgia offense. So um, I was thinking under at first. I know it's gone up a little bit. I might just stay away from this game entirely um, and just root for a good game, I guess. Yeah, I, I think for the total, I initially was thinking under. I'm thinking 63. That's really high, especially for a national championship game when every single play is is more important. But I thought Michigan's defense was going to be able to handle TCU, and they weren't. So my thinking is I just think TCU – their offense is good enough to really bypass any good defense or at least hold their own against really good defenses. So I'm expecting 25 to at least 30 points from TCU. They average over 40 a game in the regular season. They scored over 40 against Michigan. I don't think it's insane to see them getting up to about 30 against Georgia. And I know Georgia's defense is good, but like you said, Ohio State kind of exploited some issues that they have. You know TCU is going to be watching film on that. Max Duggan's a good quarterback. He is. And this offense runs really, really well. They just find the open spaces. They game plan perfectly for Michigan. And I think that's the other thing, Nate, too, is when you look at the TCU-Michigan game, it's not like TCU absolutely should have lost that game. But they had all the time in the world to prepare for the Michigan defense. Now they've got a week. they got a week to prepare for the best defense in college football. It's a lot less time. They're coming off an extremely emotional win as an underdog. They weren't supposed to be here. How fully prepared are they going to be? And that that's my question. That's why I'm leaning betting towards Georgia. I would love for that number to come down a little bit more. I don't know if it will or not. I know we were talking this morning in the office earlier on. You were thinking maybe uh, – you were talking about maybe it getting down to 10, 10 and a half if possible. If that happens, I'm going to bet Georgia. But I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Alex Simmons who helped us write the uh, college football roundtable that we did all year and I pointed to an example where Clemson played Notre Dame uh, I believe it was like the 2018 or 2019 playoff and obviously Notre Dame's a much more public team but right before the game the people were betting Notre Dame like they they thought they were going to win and knew the final score and, and that line I think got even under 10 and as soon as it got to 10 or under 10 Alex and I had pretty big bets on Clemson that day and and that was a no doubt about it winner for the Tigers so I don't think TCU is going to attract as much public love although maybe the public will like what they see last from them as a team that has upset several teams this year and most recently Michigan meanwhile they look at Georgia and they see well Georgia's not that good they got super lucky and needed a a missed field goal along with a bunch of other things to go their way so I think that could maybe create some point some some interest in TCU I just don't know how much interest in it, it is because it's still TCU at the end of the day it's not Texas or Oklahoma or Notre Dame or one of the blue blood college football programs so interesting to see where the line goes and uh I think I'm at this point I'll just look to maybe make some live wagers, um, and I'm kind of open to whatever for this game. Yeah, I like live betting. I'm leaning maybe towards TCU first half as well. Maybe they stick with him for a half. 
Um, but full game, I would go Georgia as long as this line drops yep. a little bit by kickoff. Maybe maybe look to bet like Monday night, something like that. Yeah, you, you mentioned something like maybe 25, 30 points for TCU. I believe their team total is 24 and a half. And, and my initial thought in the game was under and, and Georgia. So I did look at the TCU team total the other day, and it was 24 and a half. So oh, I was at 25. So, yeah, I, I was thinking under at first just based on what I thought in the game. Uh, but I also am a little bit worried on a fast track at SoFi Stadium in L.A. that TCU can get some points in this game. So kind of undecided about the game, but I, I will look towards the Georgia side if that number continues to climb down. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Let's go to the NFL. Week 18, Nate. Final regular season week. Playoffs are on the line. Lots of different scenarios to look at. Lots of different people who are going to be playing. Some teams resting players. There is a lot that is going to be going on in the NFL this week. And we got two games on Saturday, the full slate on Sunday. Uh, And before we get into the picks... You made TikTok, first of all. If you want to go check out Nate, TikTok, Influencer Nate on TikTok, talking about this very thing. But you have some tips to bet on Week 18. Uh, there's six tips that you had, and I think yes. these are these are worthwhile for people to know to bet on Week 18 if you want to have a successful one because it is a, it's a weird week. Teams are going to be sitting players. There's going to be some teams playing for a lot of things versus teams that aren't playing for a lot of things. There's going to be some teams that are favorites that probably aren't playing for stuff against underdogs that are playing for something. So just be in mind, keep in mind all of these different scenarios and be sure to study up on them because it is going to be a wild week. Yeah, definitely. I think the most important thing to know is that – in NFL Week 18, it is different than pretty much any other week in the regular season. It actually is more like betting on NFL preseason, where you're trying to find information, you're trying to find coach quotes, and trying to apply that to the game. So I think yeah. it's a lot of that. However, just way more high-leverage games because there's playoff scenarios and seeding uh, on the line. So I think the first tip, uh, know the playoff scenarios. Know exactly – what needs to happen for teams to clinch a playoff spot, clinch a seed if they want to improve their seed or if they're locked into a seed or if they've already clinched already. So just kind of being aware about what's going on. So I don't want to talk too much about the AFC today because there's still some some questions about that conference. But in the NFC, you have the Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers still going for the one seed. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of teams who've already kind of clinched, what they need to do the bucks are locked in the four seed the giants are locked in the six seed and then you have a battle for the seven seed between the packers seahawks and lions and we'll talk about all those games a little bit later on but those are pretty much the playoff scenarios to know um, obviously the other teams can't make the playoffs. some teams just got eliminated a week or two ago so just kind of be a familiar with the playoff seeds and and know that they're is going to be uh, the numbers are going to be driven a lot by those playoff scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. So though, I mean, those are some key things. Is that yeah. is, you just want to be able to be more cautious, right? And, and just be a little bit more aware because weeks 
you know, two through 17, you kind of have a very good idea of what's coming, what's going to happen. You have some history behind it, but right now it's just kind yep. of, uh, it's a completely different week separated from everything else. For sure. Another tip, uh, know the plans on who's playing and not playing. Yep. So just, it's you, always you'll important. see the quotes on tweets and articles, but just kind of reading the quotes. I think one thing here is to try to decipher coach speak. Yes. Uh, I think the example for, for this, uh, Week 18 is Todd Bowles saying that the starters are planning on playing. Uh, because of that, that line in the uh, the Bucks falcons game adjusted quite greatly. And uh, I, I'm not sure if Todd Bowles is telling the truth. He also might be telling the truth, but they're only going to play one possession or a series or something. Sure. So I think just knowing the plans for teams and, and who's going to play is really important. I'll just quickly run these down. Uh, don't put too much weight into your numbers. I make a point spread for every game, but this week I, I kind of used it as a starting point, but I'm not going to you know, bet the Giants at plus 14 just because I make the game like Giants plus 10 because there's the playoff scenarios factored sure. in. And then the other example, I've talked about the Bucks a few times, but in a normal week the Bucks would not be a, an underdog or, yeah, an underdog of more than a field goal to the Falcons, but it is this week. Um, the next one, and I think this is really important, must win doesn't mean must cover. And yes. usually in a week like this, there's inflation towards a team that's in a must-win scenario or they need a win and have other things happen, but they're playing a team that doesn't need the game. So try to avoid taking teams who need the game and actually look towards the other side. And I think the example we'll talk a little bit about is the, the Seahawks-Rams game, where the Seahawks yep. need to win. Rams have nothing to play for in terms of playoffs. But because of that, the Seahawks number is a little bit higher than it would if it was a normal week. Right. Uh, and then the other one, and we'll talk about a few spots later on, but look to find spots for live betting. Look for teams who, might, live who might start resting starters as the game goes on, whether it's the Bucks just kind of giving – their guys a series and they're going to switch or a team who might have a chance to improve their seating but they need another result to happen and they look at the scoreboard i think if like the cowboys and 49ers see that the eagles are in control of that game they know what their seed's going to be at that point and they might start pulling starters from the game i think especially the cowboys um, who would have to travel on the road next week to tampa bay if they do not win the division and then last but not least i think this is maybe the most important keep the volume low for week 18 there was so many better chances to make money during this football season there's still going to be a couple more chances when the playoffs or the college football championship game so don't go overboard and if you had like a winning season just bet everything on week 18 i think because there is just so much uncertainty this week uh, you want to be very cautious and, you know, save them money for other sports down the line. 100%. We got college basketball going on. We got sure. a lot of stuff going on. College football coming up, like you said. But with that being said, though, Nate, keeping the volume low, we don't have a lot of picks to give out, but we do have some picks that we wanted to get into, find yep. some of these some of these lines. And we're very careful with finding some decent lines here, but there is one spot that we do both really like, and we just talked about it. Must win does not mean must cover. Yep. So with that being said, we're going to take the Rams plus six and a half against the Seahawks. Yep. There's down to six of some spots. That's fine. Um, basically, the, the Rams are a team that, even though they have nothing to play for, they do not have their own first-round pick because of the Matthew Stafford trade. And also, Sean McVay is the kind of guy who's going to want to 
win a game against a division rival, especially after such a disappointing season. I can see that. Also, Baker Mayfield playing for his next job, whether yeah. it's to try to be a starter at another team in the NFL or maybe securing a, a backup role with the Rams and with Matthew Stafford's future kind of in question that actually might be a spot for him. So I think the Rams are going to go all out to win this game. There's inflation in this line because the Seahawks have to win. And then later in the day, they need the Packers to lose to make the playoffs. But I just I think the pressure now on the Seahawks and having to cover a spread as a pretty big favorite is, is a reason to back the Rams, especially because other than last week, the Seahawks have, have really struggled since their trip to Germany. So Rams plus six is uh, one of my favorite plays this week in terms of uh, week 18 betting. Yeah, I saw that line and I go, that's – that's too high. You yeah. know, this would probably be four and a half. Oh, definitely, yeah. I think that's what I made the number just without the, the situation. Um, and I think there's a lot – yeah, like I said, there's a lot into this about the Rams maybe not being motivated, no showing. But in the NFL, in pro sports, you're going not – the players aren't going to ever quit because they're playing for their next job if they're, you know, out of contract the year after. They're looking to make more money – or, or something like yeah. that. Especially Baker, too, when, he, when we're yeah, talking about Baker. I mean, the, he, he doesn't care. He's going to play. Yeah, and I think McVay, you know, knowing that the, the chance to maybe spoil the season of a division rival will uh, will be uh, something where he's going to coach up his team in this situation. Against the Seahawks team, I saw a lot of questions about. So Rams makes a lot of sense this week. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they won this game outright, outright and it creates a win or go home or – Winner goes to the playoff scenario between the Lions and Packers on Sunday night, and that the NFL gets what they probably behind the scenes are hoping to get. Where yeah, everyone's going to watch the Sunday night yeah, game. Yeah, that game is two teams who could make the playoffs because uh, the scheduling for the NFL Week 18 was highly, highly questionable. But I don't want to talk too much about that. Uh, <laughs> we got. Uh, let's see what else then. Uh, Brown Steelers game. Yep. You have a bet in that. I have another bet in that one. I like the under for the Browns and Steelers. Sure. It's 40, it was 40 and a half a day or two ago. It's slowly starting to come down. I still think it's too high. I think I would go as low as 38 and a half probably for this type of a game. These defenses are just, first of all, good for the Steelers. It's really good for the Steelers. They have not given up 20 points plus since November 20th, which is week 11. The Browns on their side of the ball, we know Deshaun's kind of struggled a little bit coming back and figuring out the speed of the game. Browns have hit six unders in a row this season uh, heading into this last game. The Steelers on their side, they've hit four of their last five unders. So this is a game with two teams who just haven't scored a lot. They haven't been able to get a lot going on offense. Defensively, they're pretty strong. Um, and also the Steelers' defense – does a really good job against what the Browns love to do, which is rush the ball a lot. The Browns are third in the NFL in rushes a game. Pittsburgh is third in the NFL in opponents' rush yards per attempt. So they stop the run pretty well while the Browns run the ball a lot. So there's going to be a lot of that clashing between these two teams. I'm not expecting any type of shootout at all, especially with Kenny Pickett or Deshaun Watson. So I really like the under, especially since this number is still at 40. Yeah, so I took Browns plus three when that number was available. Did did lay minus one twenty. A part of it was just taking the underdog in a game where the spread was a field goal in a game I do expect to be lower scoring just based yeah. on the total. So I think an under kind of correlates to that a little bit. I think that the Steelers, I know they've played really well the second half, especially since uh, Watts come back and Pickett's kind of you know 
had the growing pains, but I think he's developed pretty nicely. Yeah. However, he had those two back-to-back games on national TV where he led last-minute touchdown drives, and that's you know that's great. But those were the only two touchdowns the Steelers scored in those two games. Oh boy! So I think everyone's talking about like, oh, how good the Steelers' <laughs> oh, good. offense yeah, is, right. how clutch they are. Well, if they were you know that good, they wouldn't have let the the you know that those touchdowns wait. They wouldn't have had to have game winning touchdowns. Yeah, they wouldn't exactly. They wouldn't have had to wait that long to score the touchdown and win the game. Right. So I think the Steelers just a little bit overvalued after pretty much being undervalued since their bye week. And as I mentioned, they've been on a nice run and I know have made people a lot of money. But I think maybe they're just a tad overvalued here, especially because if they win and the Patriots and Dolphins lose, the Steelers actually make the playoffs. So you're getting some of that inflation from the Steelers needing the game in a must-switch situation, but they do need a little bit of help. So I think this sets up well um, at plus three. I liked it. Maybe it gets back to plus three. Um, We can wait and see on by Sunday and maybe some of the other scenarios. Um, In the AFC, if they kind of figure themselves out with the Chiefs playing Saturday, but – I do like the uh, the Browns here, and I, I, we show, showed last week Cleveland that they uh, they're playing hard still, and I think they want to get Deshaun Watson as much live game reps to prepare him for 2023, just because he hasn't played that much football in the last two years. So I like the Browns here, um, and I do agree with the under. I feel like if the under hits, then I'd feel pretty good Brown should about probably the Browns hit, yeah. at least keeping it within a field goal uh i have one more it's a first half bet and it's for the buccaneers it's not one i feel super strongly about nate but i do think as we talked about uh, the buccaneers are going to be playing at least their starters for some time for some amount of time for this game whether it be a quarter or the first half or you know the first couple drives i really hope it's more leaning towards the first half of gameplay because i'm going to take the buccaneers at plus two and a half for the first half spread uh, this is a team who, again, we're not sure how much the starters are going to play, but it seems like they're at least going to play some part of this game. And I don't think they would play the starters for one series or two series. This is a team that seemingly, over the last couple of weeks, is kind of starting to find their groove offensively. So I would imagine some part of this game is going to be involved in trying to get that offense and keep that offensive momentum heading into the playoffs. So maybe they, even if they play a quarter, I still like the Buccaneers at plus two and a half. You can get some points with this in the first half. So I'm going to make that a bet for the week. So I have two teams I'm going to look to bet live this week, and one is actually the Falcons. So I'm going Ooh. to wait to see if the Bucks do play their starters well, yep. for a half. I'm sure you hope it's a half so they cover that the That would be fantastic. Spread. Just one half, but if, 30 minutes. If they start pulling starters and the Falcons are you know playing their, their normal guys, not like a very good team, but I think a team that's still going to want to beat a Buccaneers team that's kind of tortured them the last few years since Brady got to town. Mm-hmm. I think that getting the Falcons maybe plus money on the money line if the Bucks get out to a lead, which – might be hard to ask because they just haven't been doing that, even with their normal offense against some not very good teams. But I'm going to look to live bet the Falcons uh, because I think sometimes the live betting algorithm does not factor in who's playing. They just especially kind of, right like immediately. Yeah, well. yeah. So that's absolutely. I don't think they're manually. They might do it for Week 18, but they might be. With, well, you know what? 
eight other games going on. One might slip through the cracks. So going to look yeah. to bet the Falcons live. Also going to look to bet the Commanders live. I mentioned that there's a chance that if the Eagles are in control against the Giants, the Cowboys start pulling players. The Cowboys have been a very injured team down the stretch. And yep. if they are the five seed, they'll have to go to Tampa next week. And I think it makes a lot of sense. The Commanders with Sam Howell, uh, this number got out to plus seven. Once it, likely that Howell will play or won't be Carson Wentz. Um, but yeah, Commanders is a team I'm kind of looking at. Uh, even if you want to bet them live pregame, I, I wouldn't hate that. But or not live pregame, just before the game starts. Commanders plus seven. Mm-hmm. I think that's one way to look. But if you want to risk it and maybe get a better number, thinking that if the Eagles get out to a lead, the Cowboys pull players. Uh, the Commanders live at maybe a higher number could be a way to go. So the Commanders are a team I have circled live along with the Falcons, kind of going opposite of you in terms of the uh, the teams we're on. But I think both bets could win if you play it right with Bucks early and Falcons late. Absolutely. Um, let's see, what else? you have a couple other bets? Yeah, so I wanted to save the two. Keep kinda, the volume down, Nate. Well, I wanted – I don't – they're not bets the last two <laughs> games I have mentioned, but I sure. just want your thoughts on it because yeah. it's like the two biggest games of the weekend that probably determines the most. But the other one I want to talk about, the Denver Broncos, who earlier this week were an underdog, about a field goal underdog. There was some plus three, some plus three and a half. And then this is where kind of the NFL scheduling stuff kind of screwed a lot of things up. And the Bengals-Ravens game was either going to be at 1 o'clock Eastern or 425 Eastern. Right. Obviously, the Bengals game didn't finish, so there was like, it was all in flux. And, and, and then on Wednesday, the NFL announced officially Ravens-Bengals, which I guess is for the AFC North. Uh, well, I don't know. It's so confusing. But let's just say that's for the AFC North. That game is going to be before the Broncos-Chargers game. When they announced the time, because the Broncos-Chargers late afternoon, all of a sudden money started coming in on the Broncos. So quickly there was a flip of favor to the Broncos. Mm -hmm. The idea behind that is if the Ravens lose as a touchdown underdog, which they're likely to lose based on the odds, the Chargers will be locked into the five seed. Like, they won't be able to, you know, if the Ravens win and the Chargers lose, they drop to the six. Right. And you want to be the five seed in the NFL playoffs because you play the AFC South winner instead of one of the Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals in the first round. So if the Ravens lose, the Chargers might play Chase Daniel, uh, Russ Eckler, Russ Allen, Mm -hmm. Russ Williams, Russ some guys on defense, and all of a sudden it's the Broncos starters – against the Chargers, Chargers backups. right? So now the Char- Broncos are favorite. That line has kind of been bouncing around. Uh, right before we recorded the show, I saw some more line movement on the Broncos out to minus three. Yeah. So I think if the Ravens lose, then there's a small enough window to bet the Broncos, knowing that the Chargers will very likely sit players locked in their seed. I think you still could bet the Broncos, a Broncos team who – you made the case from last week. I didn't necessarily agree with you because I was scared to bet them, but they covered easily. Yeah, against almost the Chiefs won. in the first <laughs> game. Just yeah. a win in the first game. Hackett was uh, fired with what, Jerry Rose. I don't oh know. yeah, Rosberg or yeah. something. Yeah, we don't have to guess his name, but I mean they played inspired football. Jerry Rosberg. Why not Roseburg, play another inspired game 
especially because the important thing here, the Broncos don't have a first-round pick because right. of the Russell Wilson trade. They don't so care. So they have nothing, no incentive to tank or lose this game. And they so, don't have a bad coach anymore. <laughs> right, that made well, such a difference. He was so bad. He yes. infected everyone in the whole team. Clearly. And I, Wilson's probably going to want to show something. And, and, you know, he's locked in to yeah. the Broncos in terms of contract. And the Broncos are probably going to – Try to go another offensive-minded coach, and I'm sure he'd want to have a you know put a, a good game on tape to attract maybe a, a decent coach to Denver next year. So even before all this stuff, like if say the Chargers were kind of going all out and winning, or not all out, but kind of like we'd like to win, but we could maybe you know we're still we still have next week to play for. I think the Broncos would have actually made a decent bet at plus three or plus three and a half this week. And now with the Chargers sitting everyone and totally possibly mailing this game in if the, the Ravens lose early, I, I like Denver here. And um, at this point, you might want to wait to see if the, if the Ravens do lose. But uh, I think the Broncos make a lot of sense, um, although hard to give it out now kind of because the number has moved pretty much six and a half points from one key number of three and a half to three. I don't think it is a coincidence that Russell Wilson had one of his best rating games after Nathaniel Hackett <laughs> left. I don't think that's by accident. Um, so what I would say is I do like the Broncos. Minus two and a half, I really like. And I think if you do think that the Ravens are going to lose on Sunday, which the market says they are, yeah, I think it's a good. I think it's a good pick. The logic, the logic is there, and it makes a lot of sense. And I also, this is going to sound incredibly stupid, but I know you've heard of the whole thing about how many bathrooms Russell Wilson has in his house versus how many touchdowns he's thrown. Oh, he just barely <laughs> passed that. He has twelve bathrooms in his house. He passed thirteen touchdowns. He had one against the Chiefs. I, I don't think there's a zero percent chance that he that he knows that this is a thing. I, I would have to imagine said, uh. someone has said something to him. <laughs> So I think he's going to be throwing. I think as, he's going to be slinging the ball. As a guy, I, as a you know, he's a player who's very self conscious about his social media game. I'm sure he knows. He has to know. Has so to know. he only has one more touchdown than bathroom. I imagine he wants to have a little <laughs> bit more than that. So if anything, I would bet yeah. Russell Wilson passing touchdowns over for this game. But I, I do think Denver as a team as a whole, because of how shameful their season has been and how much of a joke they have been. And since they don't have to be playing for a draft pick, I imagine they're going to want to end the season on a note that they can actually be proud of. Yeah, and this goes all back to the NFL should just have the the Ravens and Bengals game simultaneously at the same time, right? With the Broncos Chargers game, and then this you know potential bet wouldn't be created. So it's a really yeah. It's well, let's get right into it. The the game that's probably the biggest offender of why is this game at this time? The Lions Packers Sunday yeah. Night Football. In Green Bay, and if the Seahawks win earlier in the day, the Lions would be eliminated from the playoffs, and it would give, in theory, an advantage to the Packers. Just because, even though the Lions with Dan Campbell are going to want to go all out and win, you know, ruin the season of a division rival that's kind of tortured them for the last couple decades. And, yeah. And but at the same time, what if the players just feel? Just a little less, you know, excited about getting up for that game. I know it's Sunday Night Football. They'll get, they'll they should get up to it for it in theory, but that doesn't mean everyone's going to get up to it for it. So, I feel like in terms of scheduling, uh, that these games involving the Lions, Packers, and Seahawks should have been simultaneously, just for fairness and competitive. One hundred percent. But I guess when it comes to TV money, Aaron Rodgers with the chance to win and get in trumps all and that's the situation the Packers are in so 
Packers game does not matter. Um, the Seahawks game does not matter for the Packers. If the Packers win, they're in. But the Lions need the Seahawks to lose to the Rams earlier in the day. So I mentioned I think the Rams have a shot to win. I hope they kind of do to make this game really exciting on Sunday and add the pressure where both teams. Um, and I think the strategy here is if you do like the Lions, wait until the Seahawks game is determined. And if the Seahawks do win but you still believe in the Lions to play hard, you might be able to get like a five and a half or a six on yep. Detroit with the idea that they can't make the playoffs and the Packers line will just inflate a little higher because they're playing a, uh, you know, it's a team in a must-switch situation against a team that can't make the playoffs. So I think uh, that's the idea. If you like the Lions, wait. If you like the Packers, uh, I guess it depends what you think of the Seahawks-Rams game, but you might want to fire on the Packers now if you are confident in the Seahawks winning. And if the Seahawks do lose and it becomes winner-take-all for the seventh spot in the NFC playoffs, I can see that line coming down a little bit, maybe Packers like minus three and a half, minus four. Yeah, I, I, you know, I before the season started, I was on Lions team win total over six and a half. They they that got there, right? Yeah, that's yeah. they got eight. They're eight and eight, so they soared over that. And one I, and six start probably wasn't feeling so good. No, I wasn't. Ha- I wasn't great, very happy. Great finish for them. They they play hard for their coach, and that's the whole thing with me. I really, I would honestly just take the Lions where they are at four and a half now. And if somehow they're going to not even be playing for anything, and the Seahawks end up losing, then I would just say keep betting the lines of that number you can get them again if you can get them at plus five and a half plus okay. six and a half whatever it is yeah I, this is just it, the team plays hard for for Campbell and I don't think there's a substitute for that and I don't think this is a team that if, if we're talking about any other team I think yes if they don't have a shot to make the playoffs even in a, in a division rivalry game I think there can be a couple players that aren't going to wake up for it but I think a team like this especially with the Lions they know they are building something really well there, which I think means a lot. This isn't just a bad team that's going to be bad for the foreseeable future. This is a team that is going to be a playoff contender for the next couple of years for the way they're built, the roster they've developed, and the young guys that they have. So I don't think this is a team that's just going to give up once they can't make the playoffs. I think this is going to be a team that plays with a coach. This is going to be a team that gives their all for the last game of the season. That's just the type of culture that Campbell has created. So I like the I like the Lions as an underdog at 4.5. I would like them at 5.5, 6.5, whatever it gets to if, if they're not going to be in playoff contention. But I do like betting on the Lions with whatever number they're going to have up to 3.5 yeah. probably. Um, I would even sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. So I, I do. I, I'm all in on the Lions at this point. I was in them to, to start the season, wavered a little bit with that one and six start, but now they're back. They clearly are playing for something. They have the momentum and they have the head coach that'll get them fired up, even if it's a meaningless game. For sure. And I think the Packers just kind of a little overvalue now. Like the market's caught up to them because if you look at these four wins that they've had to get back into the playoff race, it was the Bears before a bye week it was the rams on a monday night at lambeau in cold weather yeah it was the dolphins in a game where tua played half of it concussed and that's why he turned the ball over so much i'm guessing and then last week against a vikings team who we don't have to go into more minnesota viking talk let's save it for the playoffs next week but i wasn't shocked that the packers won that game comfortably on the scoreboard so overrated i think that they're now a little bit overvalued it's built in the number because it's a must-win situation that's why it is four and a half so uh, i would i would definitely be lions or nothing but if you want to wait it out i wouldn't blame you to maybe get the best possible number on detroit 100 uh is that 
that it? Or we have Titans Jaguars. I know uh, Adam Schefter did just tweet that the Titans have removed Derrick Henry from oh, their injury report. Yeah, so, so he's going to be playing. Cool. Um, yeah, just wanted your quick thoughts on the game. It's a Saturday night game. Uh, a few things to factor in here. Uh, winner goes to is the four seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jags still have an actually an outside shot at making the playoffs with a loss, but they would need the Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers to all lose on Sunday. So mm-hmm. obviously they're going to want to take care of business here and hope be able to host a playoff game, especially as a significant favorite in this game. Uh, in terms of NFL scheduling, another thing. Uh, Titans have a big rest advantage. They played Thursday in Week 17. Jaguars played Sunday, and then the NFL moved this game up to a Saturday. Incredible! So they want another primetime game. Yeah, tough tough spot for for Jacksonville with on a short week. Uh, it ends up being because especially since they were in Houston, uh, Josh Dobbs is going to start for the Titans, and we've seen the Titans take some money from plus seven to uh, as low as plus six yesterday, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of back to six and a half. So. Maybe some interest in the Jaguars at, at minus six came up, but Jags, one of the hottest teams in the NFL, so I understand why they're this big of a favorite against a third-string quarterback and Dobbs. But if you look at the Tennessee Titans' recent history, this is where they thrive. Mike Rabel, I was going to say, you underdog, know how much we love how much the Titans are an underdog. And they were able to rest players last week. Yeah. So I would take, take absolutely nothing from that result last week uh, for Tennessee. They were able to get – Maybe a little healthier. They're such a banged-up team to begin with. Derrick Henry was able to rest up. Josh Dobbs is a more capable thrower than Malik Willis at this point. So I do understand some of that interest and the Titans at plus seven in a game with a pretty low total. So uh, in terms of being a fan and a a football watcher, I think you'd want the Jaguars to make it just because they would provide a more entertaining wild-card round game next weekend in the 4-5 AFC game. But uh, in terms of betting, I'm definitely – not going to be laying this kind of number with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So interesting to watch Saturday, but wanted to see if you had anything to add because there's a lot of of factors going on in this game. Give me the Titans all the way, Nate. I love the Titans as underdogs. I love them as such a large underdog with almost a score of points that you can get for them. Absolutely. The Titans are my favorite team to bet on when no one expects anything from them, when they're underdogs, and sometimes they're just not even expected to do anything they're expected to lose at a big amount so i I love this titans team when it's like that they're getting derrick henry back they're getting they're getting more healthy give me the titans man this is a game no one expects them to win this is not a game people expect them to play well in the jaguars on the other hand are playing really well up and up everything's looking bright and glorious in jacksonville give me the titans plus six plus six and a half if i can get it Yep, I don't blame you there. Just love wanted, it. Wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, the two kind of prime time games, I guess, of the uh, of Saturday night and Sunday night, where you sounds like you lean towards both underdogs. Oh yeah, if not like them. Yeah, if the NFL has taught me anything at this point, it is underdogs. Just bet the underdogs in spots that people don't expect them to win. Because if if you fade a lot of the public thought or a lot of the generic mainstream idea of what should happen in a game like this. <laughs> The NFL has taught me it's probably not going to happen, but, so I'm going to go Lions and I'm going to go with Titans. Rooting against the Packers would, oh, be, I love would it. be also rooting against the NFL because you know the NFL would yes. love to have Aaron Rodgers go into Santa Clara next week in the 2-7 game between the Packers and Niners in terms of in terms of ratings. So, yeah, um, I'm looking forward to uh, talking about NFL playoff lines next week. I'm excited. Should be fun. We'll have uh, we'll have more betting content. We're gonna have more betting content for the uh, for the national championship game. I'm sure yep. Nate and I will maybe just make a video for Monday or something like that. We'll figure that out. Either way, appreciate yeah. the listens, subscriptions. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Interact with us on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to yell at us for a bad bet, 
more than welcome to. We're, we're both on Twitter, Nate Jacobson1. I'm at Ben Wittenstein. Until next week, good luck. Have a fun week 18, um, and good luck in the uh, national championship game as well. Yeah.